Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. We're about halfway through July and, you know, the work has picked up for our organization. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're out on the road somewhere. Maybe you're enjoying family time. Maybe you're at the pool. That's fine. We like to meet you wherever you are. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get in the pool later on today. But nonetheless, this is not a show about the summer activities, but that does include the work we do. It's not stopped with summer because the special session is in full swing at the Texas Capitol. So we want to update you on that. Also want to give you some updates on some things that have been happening in the courts and as, as well as some events we're going to be happening later this year. But look, the, the House, well, some of the House, the Democrats didn't want to get to work in uh, our Texas Capitol, but the Senate sure has. And so, and that's been important to the work we do. So if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature and the media. And someone who knows a lot about those issues is going to be our guest today. Nicole Hudgens works as a government affairs staff member for Family Policy Alliance. She is a part of their team and she does a lot of great work. Uh, yeah, the name may be familiar. You'll remember Nicole was a part of the Texas Values team for many years, uh, leaving to go work for the Trump administration. As a matter of fact, uh, before before she left, she was the policy director for Texas Values. So it's always great to have her back. And it's great that we had her back in the Capitol today. Nicole, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thanks so much, Jonathan. It's great to be back in Texas. Yeah, and I'm sorry, on Monday, she was at the Texas Capitol. She's uh, in an undisclosed location today, but it was a good thing that she was at the Capitol on Monday because a lot of important work that was happening. And look, the Save Women's Sports issue is something that is nationwide. There are over 30 states that have been a part of coming up and proposing legislation that makes it clear we've got to have a fair environment for sports. We cannot have biological men and boys competing in women's sports and taking away opportunities, at times jeopardizing safety. And, and look, Texas is needs to kind of get with the program. I mean, several other states have passed laws on this. Thankfully, Governor Abbott saw it important to have this on the special session call, and that put us in a position to have a hearing on Monday. Nicole, look, I just, real quick, I want uh, for our listener and viewer purposes, just tell a little bit about your role at Family Policy Alliance, because I think that's something new since you moved on from the Trump administration. Yes, so I'm excited to be with the Family Policy Alliance team, especially because we get to continue to work with Texas Values, uh, obviously a very important organization to me. you know, we work on issues of faith, family, and freedom from the national level. And one of the important issues we're focusing on is the safe girls sports issues. So we represent hundreds of thousands of Americans who believe in fair play for women. And I was there at the Capitol on Monday because there have been already six states that have Pass similar legislation to what we heard on Monday. And it's so important. You know, I grew up in Texas and remember playing sports. And to me, that was important that I got to have a fair playing field, play on a fair playing field when it came to those issues. And there are girls in Texas now that need to be given the same opportunities, uh, especially at the collegiate level. We're seeing where, unfortunately, uh, women are having to compete against biological men in different areas of the country and get those opportunities, not just to compete on the team, but also to receive scholarships, also to to make sure that they have a spot on the team. Uh, So it was exciting to be at the Texas Capitol with the Texas Values team. And I look forward to seeing this this piece of legislation cross 
across the line, the finish line to Governor Abbott's desk. Well, no, it's great to have you there. We're talking to Nicole Hudgens, who works in government affairs for Family Policy Alliance, a national organization that works with state groups across the country on the issues that we're involved in. And look, in, in Family Policy Alliance has, has really been a big part of the support network, the campaign, the effort, if you will, to try to move this issue forward in, in other states. And it's notable, too, because during the regular session, there was a bill on this issue that moved forward, but it only related to high school level sports. We refer that to uh, refer to that as UIL in the state of Texas. University Interscholastic League is the name of the quasi governmental entity, if you will, that has regulations in place for public schools, primarily in the state of Texas. But the bill there were two bills, uh, but the main one that was heard on Monday also impacts and has a role in legislation and governs uh, sports at the collegiate level as well. And this is something that's been needed, right? That comprehensive approach. And so it's very encouraging to see the Senate embrace that. Now, in all fairness, the governor's call, if you will, what he said he wanted legislation on did not include high school sports. And I'm not criticizing the governor. I'm just making that distinction so people are aware of that. Uh, Now, whether or not this bill moves forward into Governor Abbott's desk and they say, well, this is not on the call, that's at the discretion of the members and the governor. If a bill comes to the governor's desk on this issue and it's comprehensive, he has every ability to pass it. All these things are up to him. But I just want to make uh, that point because it matters. The Senate decided we see what's on the call, but we're going to do more than that, or we're going to make sure we have a comprehensive approach. And my view is, if you're going to go through all this effort, you ought to do it that way, right? You should go for everything on such an important issue because you never know when that opportunity is going to come about. Nicole, I want to bring you back into the discussion too, because a lot of young ladies and women that are athletes testified on Monday. The testimony was extraordinary. We also heard from a state legislator from Idaho, where they've already passed a law like this. There has been a court challenge, but the testimony suggested that court challenge is about to go away. A lot of strong female voices on Monday, including yours. Yes, it was very exciting. We had so many strong men and women speak out, um, especially women. You know, it was an honor to hear from the Idaho legislator who actually was the first one to bring this bill forward and get it passed across the finish line in their state. Um, So leading the way, there are six There are six total states who have done this from high school to the collegiate level, um, including Arkansas, West Virginia, um, Mississippi, Florida, um, and and certainly Idaho. There's there's a number, a handful of states who've done this, and I think it's Texas's time to lead the way to be number seven uh, on on this list. And you know, like you said, we heard from from very powerful testimony of women who just want a fair shot, and we've seen where you know women don't always get a fair shot when it comes to sports. You go back to the NCAA and March Madness where women weren't getting uh, the adequate workout rooms and the opportunities that the men were. So women are still fighting for these opportunities. So it's important that we make those distinctions between men and women, especially at the high school and the collegiate levels. Well, and we heard some amazing testimony from doctors, people that understand the science in this field. And they said, there's no question. I mean, it's, it's settled science. There is a biological difference between men and women, and a lot of those things are playing out and they're developing and they're manifesting themselves in different ways before even puberty, right? There was a lot of talk about, well, after puberty and, you know, if some of these things are already in place, 
but and and it was just great testimony. If you didn't see the hearing, it's archived on our Facebook page. Go check it out. It is quite long. I would say look at the first two or three hours with some of that testimony from some key people, also the medical professional. I don't remember when we came in, Nicole, was it hour three or four? But uh, uh, I think we had a few good things. Our team and you had a good few, uh, few things to say. One of the things that I heard in the testimony that was extraordinary, got into discussion about the birth certificate issue because state law and was as it relates to high school students says that um, you go based on the sex on your birth certificate. But in Texas, your birth certificate can be changed. And so the suggestion has been, well, we already have this type of policy in the place. What's the problem? The problem is you can have your birth certificate changed for any reason. Governor, excuse me, um, Senator Perry brought this up on the Senate floor when it was passed. By the way, the bill did pass the committee and it's already passed the full Senate. But he brought up this point that you can socially transition and you could have that recognized on your birth certificate. You don't have to have a procedure. You can still fully be a biological male with really no changes other than how you conduct yourself in public. And you could have a change on your birth certificate. There's no doubt that that puts people in place to have an unfair advantage. Right. And when you look at the biological makeup differences of men and women, which, by the way, are something that are supposed to, that's something that should be celebrated, that there are differences between men and women. Men have a larger cardiovascular capacity, larger lung capacity, uh, more muscle mass than women. That's, that's not um, something that's negative. It's just a difference. But that dis- difference is very distinct when it comes to sports. So that's why the distinction should be made. Uh, you know, even when you look at the Olympic standards, you know, if somebody takes hormones um, in, in trying to change their biological sex, those differences, even by Olympic standards, are very different are very different. You know, you look at the average um, testosterone level in a female, and then what the Olympics allow for a male who, who uh, attempts to change to a female, there's a, there's still a vast difference. And when hormones are added, there are still distinct differences between males and females. And so I think it's important that the state of Texas makes that, um, that important distinction to make sure that biological females are competing with biological females biological males are competing with biological males. Yeah, look, I mean, and that was talked about. We're talking about sports. It is a competitive environment. That's the way it's designed. You know, not everybody makes the team, right? People get cut. There's a reality to that. And and that does have an impact for some people on whether or not they're going to be able to have an opportunity to advance their education. For some people, that might be their only shot or their best shot. And that's been the case for a long time uh, for for a lot of folks and different people. That's where their first opportunity for their family, if you will, that legacy has started is through athletics. So it's tremendous of tremendous value. And it's not just, well, let's make someone feel good. Sports is competitive. Winning and losing does matter. Right. There was a lot of testimony about that. I want to bring back the birth certificate issue, too. We're talking with Nicole Hudgens who is in charge of Government Affairs for Family Policy Alliance. She testified Monday on the Save Women's Sports Bill, the, the, the comprehensive one, Senate Bill 2. One of the things that Senator Perry brought up was, was what's happening. Is there a lot of activity? The other side says, oh, there's nothing to worry about because nothing's really going on in this area. I think he said there was a 3,800% increase in request for there to be a change on the sex of a birth certificate in the state of Texas. And a lot of them were people that were under 21. There is a huge uptick of growth in this area and activity. And if we don't do something about it, um, it's going to continue to cause problems. And I do think the time is now, and we have a great opportunity during the special session 
you know, as soon as the Democrats get back or whatever the House figures out they're going to do, this bill's already on its way over to the House. And, you know, we're halfway done. That's right. And, you know, Jonathan, when you look at this issue across the nation, um, where we're seeing this issue come up over and over again, this issue actually has strong bipartisan support. Most Americans agree. And I'm talking about Republicans, most Republicans, most Democrats, and most independents believe that it's not fair for a biological woman to have to compete against a biological male in sports. So this is an issue where Americans, you know, we love our sports. This is an issue where we can all come together and agree that this is fair. What Texas is doing um, in SB2 is, is, a, is a fair play. You see what Nicole's trying to do, right? She, she keeps bringing up the sports issue. She's trying to bait me into this, you know, going down memory lane of some game between Texas and LSU. I'm not going there. I'm just letting you know, okay? Just uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, we, we, we have to say it. You know, that was – We day, know I, I th- you were in the White House when the National Champion Trophy was presented to LSU. We got it. All right. No. I'm, I'm just saying the purple – I'm just saying the purple and gold looked really good in the East – East room, Jonathan. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'll, but it was. I'll take, yeah, I'll take your word for it. We're talking with Nicole Hudgens, who leads government affairs work for Family Policy Alliance. Really a historic hearing. I mean, there was just so many great voices on the Save Women's Sports issue. Senate Bill 2 moves forward. Look, Florida's already done it, trying to one up Texas. All right, if we want to get into some of that debate, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, other states have done it. It's time to do it. The opportunity is now. The governor has made it a priority. And that's very encouraging. This is momentum we need to see built. The NCAA, they cave, right? They backed off. They've made it clear. They're not going to do anything to states, even if they ever were. I think that was the left using a lot of misinformation on on that. The door is wide open, okay? And, And, you know, the finish line is getting a lot closer. And so I think we need to get this done. But, Nicole, we appreciate you coming on today. We know your voice and your organization's voice is important on this issue across the country, but definitely in the state of Texas. It's great to have you a part of what we were doing on Monday. The work's not done. We're going to continue to need you all to be engaged, uh, but we're excited about it because the opportunity's there. And I think there's a lot of momentum and the time is now to get it done. But Nicole Hudgens has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Nicole. Absolutely. And one thing I have to say, Jonathan, Your team did a phenomenal job. Uh, Covey did a great job giving testimony. And I encourage folks to stay engaged with what Texas Values is doing. I can personally attest they are on the front lines of this issue. And, you know, if you're not signed up for their email list um, and all the great work they're doing, I encourage you to sign up because this is a key moment, not just for the state of Texas, but also for the rest of the nation. You can also go to familypolicyalliance.com slash Save Girl Sports to see what's happening on a national front. But right now, I think it's important that you stay tuned with what Texas Values is doing and get involved. All right. We appreciate you, Nicole. Nicole's got some other responsibilities she's going to get on to. We're going to let her slide out. And I'm going to continue the last segment of the show because there's been some important updates. Um, and we're going to transition for just a minute. Speaking of uh, those issues, I wasn't trying to be clever there. But there's been a lot of important things happen this week on the life issue, okay? Um, I was at the Capitol earlier today testifying in favor of Senate Bill 4, which is a bill that puts regulations in place uh, regarding uh, drug, chemical abortions, RU486, all these different things that we've seen developing over the years. But we've had common sense standards in place. 
Now the Biden administration has stepped in. They want the FDA to go another direction. They want uh, it to be allowed that girls can get a, uh, abortions and abortion drugs through the mail. The hearing this morning was extraordinary and really eye-opening. I don't know if you know this, but drug, excuse me, uh, people that traffic young girls for sex, they use these drugs for them to cover up their acts and to have that baby's life ended. And can you imagine if all it takes is to send it through the mail, the doctor's not involved, they don't require any type of in-person meeting, women die, young women and ladies die uh, from side effects from these type of chemical abortions. And one stat came out at the, the hearing today that over 50% of abortions now are chemical-induced abortions. Striking. Wow. So we need to get a handle on this issue and not let the Biden administration rewrite the rules. These are rules that were put in place by, by Bill Clinton when he was president. All right. This is this is a bipartisan issue. Speaking of that, the bill is being authored by Senator Lucio, a Democrat from South Texas. So you got Democrats and Republicans, as you did with the Save Women's Sports issue earlier in the week. That Senate bill four, though, on the pro-life issue was voted out of committee. I imagine the votes are there, too, for the full Senate. That's going to start moving very quickly. The fact that the Democrats are not at the, the, the chamber has lowered the threshold for that vote of the constitutional three-day rule to be suspended. So yesterday, the Save Women's Sports Bill, it moved forward without going through the three days that the Constitution usually requires because you can suspend those um, when you've got a number. Now the Dems aren't there, then that threshold's lower. There's enough Republicans. That bill's moving forward. And uh, another issue I want to bring up, too, is the heartbeat law has faced its first lawsuit. I, I, that's a stretch of the word. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a Hail Mary. Um, it's a complete joke, as I said in my quote earlier this week. This is a lawsuit that's been filed in federal court by Planned Parenthood and just about every other abortion performing related entity that's got their, their, you know, their pocket, their bloody pocketbook connected to the abortion industry. And, and they filed a legal challenge against some people that the law makes very clear, the heartbeat law makes very clear, are excluded from being involved in this process and enforcing it. They just don't want to get it. They don't want to accept that this is not business as usual. This law is written differently. They've sued the, the attorney general, which the law clearly says government officials are not a part of enforcing this. This bill is backed up by civil enforcement. That means you and anybody in the state of Texas can file a lawsuit if you know that an ab abortion doctor has performed an abortion or is attempting to. But this lawsuit attacks some of those people that they think they've identified would be people that'd be a part of making sure those civil lawsuits get filed and those complaints get filed really is a way to intimidate and bully them, to make them worried. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get sued before I even try to defend this law to really silence and hush up pro-lifers that want to protect innocent human babies when a heartbeat is detected. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, five or six weeks into a pregnancy, a heartbeat can be detected. Sometimes that's the earliest indicator um, that lets a woman know and their family know that she's pregnant. So, but the, the lawsuit is a complete joke. I mean, it, and they didn't even file it in the right court. I mean, it's a complete desperate attempt to try to, you know, have the upper hand on how things go legally. So I don't imagine it's going to last in court all that long. Uh, and I don't remember how long it was, 50, 60 pages. I lost count of how many pages they filed with a bunch of different lawyers from, you know, I don't know, some big firms or wherever across the, the state. I mean, it was clear it was really just an advocacy piece to try to take focus off and try to, you know, really um, preempt what's going to happen on September 1, which is this law is going to go into effect and we're going to start enforcing it. So the Texas value is going to be fully engaged on making sure, and look, don't worry, 
just because a lawsuit is filed, that means nothing. That doesn't mean there's any merit to what is in their legal pleadings. That just means they're going to try to get some attention from a court and see if they can uh, get this law uh, hung up for a little while. And uh, But they're going to have a hard time doing it because precedent is on our side to not allow them to do it that way. That's uh, The law was written differently in order to anticipate that. And so we'll see how that goes. But that was important development. And uh, I'm going to be on national news actually next week talking about this. I'll put the source out there later. I've got a great invitation that we booked in lockdown today because I'm going to be uh, traveling. I'm not going to give it all away yet. Um, some of the details. I'll wait until next week. But I've got a great set of events that I'm going to be a part of next week. That's going to provide a national TV opportunity for me to talk about some of these issues. And they are very important. The rest of the public across the state needs to know. But it's a way that Texas values can bring value back to what we're doing so we can get people that support our cause from other parts of the country to know, hey, we're going to need everybody locked in to make sure Texas stays strong on this issue and the heartbeat law continues to be defended. And that's why you need to continue to support us financially. Go to txvalues.org, make that tax deductible donation today so you can help us protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And look, the special session's only about a week or so into the process, all right? Um, it's 30 days is how much it lasts. I don't know how long it's going to take for the Democrats to figure out that the strategy that they're utilizing was the same one in 2003 when some Democrats left then. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. So I'm sure people are having a lot of fun with some of this process. But uh, the governor's clearly putting some some accountability pl in place. Speaker Dave Phelan has now stripped one of the positions of power from the, the uh, Speaker Pro Tem, Joe Moody, who was a Democrat. And so all of this is going to backfire on the Democrats in a lot of ways. But uh, and look, I mean, Abbott made it very clear this week. If he's got to call special session after special session to Election Day, he's going to do it. And so it's not just it's not a matter of uh, if it's a matter of when. And so they're just making it take longer. They're costing taxpayer dollars by making it take longer. And remember that when they start to make those arguments about why does it take so long to pass these laws? It doesn't. OK, it takes it, it takes a couple of days. But when you obstruct the process, yeah, it can take longer. And so, I mean, look at the Senate. They had a hearing on Monday. They passed the bill on Wednesday. This is the Save Women's Sports Bill. Um, what's that? I mean, you know, a handful of hours or so. It doesn't take that long at all when people actually show up to work. So we'll see how some of that plays out. Um, announcement too: our Faith, Family and Freedom Forum is coming up September 24th and 25th. The, I still don't have a signature on a huge announcement that we're going to have for somebody that's going to be there, but I'm pretty sure that that's locked in. But I just want to make sure the signature's on the on the contract before I say it publicly. You're not going to want to miss it. September 24th and 25th, this will be our biggest policy event ever. We've already locked down some key speakers. We're going to be announcing that later this week. It's going to be extraordinary. We've got a huge facility. This is Great Hills Baptist Church that we're using. Plenty of room. I want to see a thousand people there. Okay. We had 600 last year. Now that COVID's out of the way, uh, by and large, let's fill the room. Let's get a thousand there. Let's show people how much, how important these issues are. September 24th and 25th at the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Go to our events link on our website, txvalues.org. And so I've lost track of time. I need a time announcement uh, in my in my chat box here so I can figure out how much time I've got left. Uh, oh, the beauties of technology. You got to love it. Um, but we, we're going to continue focusing on what's happening during the special session. We're going to continue to focus on uh, what's happening with this legal challenge 
to the thank you um, for that time indicator uh, against the Texas heartbeat law. And yeah, look, we're not surprised, though. I mean, we knew that these these things were going to come. And that's why uh, you're going to see the strength of this law upheld and be solid. And so um, but look, as business as usual for the the abortion advocates, because they know. And look, this is the other thing that's revealing. All of a sudden. This is, you know, their ability to perform an abortion, they say, threatens their whole ability to exist and they're going to be bankrupt and all this stuff. Why is that if such a small percentage of their work is supposed to be focused on abortion, right? We hear this number come out sometimes. There's like, oh, only 3% of our work includes abortions. Really? So if you have a law that drastically reduces the amount of abortions you're going to perform because of the way that it's uh, written and the uh, effect of it, and, and let's say you lose two and a half percent of your business, why would you go bankrupt? Why would that shut your business down? Why? Because we know the truth is abortion is their bread and butter. I mean, and I hate to use it, say it that way. This is the main thing that they do. It is really their entire existence. I mean, I just, it, there's no real other way to get around it. And so it's clear in their legal pleadings. That's why they become so desperate. But that should be a message to all of this. That's how strong and important the Texas heartbeat law is. That's why we work so hard to get it passed. And that's why we're going to continue to work so hard to make sure that we're able to enforce it come September 1 and moving forward. And the way we're able to do that is if you support us at TXValues.org, those tax deductible donations are absolutely key. We had a record fiscal year at the end of June, but July starts a whole new month and a whole new fiscal year. We've got to get those funds in place for the special session. We've got to gear up for one of the most important legal challenges, if you will, and how we respond in defending the the, uh, the Texas heartbeat law. And there are other things we're going to be doing to support that as well. But I'm just about out of time. It's been a great week for a lot of our work, but we're far from done. And so we want you to stay engaged. You need to email your elected officials. You need to send those text messages. If you live in a district represented by a Democrat, you need to tell them, hey, you need to get back home to the Capitol so we can get stuff done. But the way that you're able to do that is to to follow our work where we protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And I'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.